Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another edition of the X Factor Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 4. Appreciate y'all for checking me out. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and now we are live. Of course, we had to get on X, formerly known as Twitter, for the X Factor Sports Podcast. So this is the first episode live on Twitter. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. I'm your host, Jay Mondane. Let's get into it. We got a great show for y'all tonight. We're going to get into some quick news. Of course, the ladies are first. We're going to get into the WNBA playoffs. And right now, actually, Connecticut Sun are playing Minnesota tonight for game three of the first round of playoffs. That series is tied one-to-one. We do have some sweeps elsewhere. Unfortunately, the Chicago Sky made the playoffs, lost in two games to the Vegas Aces, so they have been swept out. New York Liberty swept the Washington Mystic two games to none, and the Dallas swept Atlanta. So we got three sweeps, and we got a game three going on tonight. It'll be interesting to see who makes it to the WNBA final. If you watched last week, you heard me tell everybody, I think that it is a collision course between Vegas and the New York Liberty, and there's history to be made on both sides. Candace Parker plays for the Vegas Aces. She can be the first woman in WNBA history to win three championships for three different franchises. And then we got Stewie Brianna Stewart over in New York. First season back at home in New York City, she could win a championship for her hometown team. So there are great storylines. Another thing about the WNBA this season, if you haven't been watching, Their regular season has had the most ratings in its 20-year history, so congratulations to the ladies, the WNBA. They are pulling fans in. It's great to see. It's good basketball. Check it out. Playoff time is the best time. Best women in the world playing basketball. If you're a basketball fanatic like me, you're checking out some of these games. So after that, we're going to move into more basketball. Giannis Antetokounmpo wants out. I know that's shocking to y'all. He doesn't want to get out today or tomorrow, but he is in the last year of his contract coming up this season, and he is, what do y'all want to say, threatening not to resign, I would say. Um, He's threatening not to resign. He's basically telling the front office, listen, if we're not on the same page when it comes to winning the championship, getting a good team around me, Don't expect me to re-sign or get an extension. I'm going to be looking elsewhere. I'm going to utilize free agency. I see both sides of it. From Giannis' point of view, they fired Mike Budenholzer, which was his coach. He loved his coach. They got bounced out of the first round by the Miami Heat in five games. We're not sure about Chris Middleton with the knee. He doesn't look like he's going to be back to all-star form anymore. We'll see what this season has in store. And Drew Holiday, the veteran point guard, has flirted with the idea of retiring here in the next year or so. In the next year or so, lines up exactly with Giannis's contract. So he's saying if we don't make any moves to move forward and have a good team, I may be flirting with free agency. And who wouldn't want to see Giannis getting the free agent market. As a Bulls fan, of course, I'm going to be biased. But if he can move to the Chicago, become a Bull, play with us, I'm more than happy for that. Don't know if championships will come, but it'll definitely be good basketball. 
Of course, teams in LA, New York, everybody wants him to go to a big market. However, he did win a championship in Milwaukee. So he has that feather in his cap and he has the right to go explore free agency, I believe. Now, from the management standpoint, we gave you everything you wanted. You got shooters around you. You got a championship. We kept players you wanted to keep. And let's talk about it. Two of your brothers is on the team. You're talking about having a good roster. If you want a good roster, the two the, your two brothers that's on the team need to get a roster spot up because they ain't going to play. They're not good enough to play anyway. The only reason they own the team is because you're there. So as soon as you leave, they're not going to get on another NBA team. So I can see it from both sides. If he's trying to force management to do something with the team and make them better, get rid of your brothers. And that way you can have two roster spots available for somebody that can actually play. So there's that. Now, with Shohei Otani moving on to baseball, Shohei Otani, they shut him down. He has to get surgery on his UCL so that he tore his UCL in his elbow. Again, if you don't know anything about Shohei Otani, he is a mega star in baseball for the LA Angels, a two-way player. He pitches. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he's one of the best hitters in baseball. And being in the American League, you can pitch and you can designate it hit. He was a DH. He hurt his elbow back in August, I believe, a little after the All-Star break, tore his elbow, but he was still able to hit. And I think that was just taking a toll on him, so they just decided to shut him down. The Angels won't make the playoffs. So they're going to shut Shohei Otani down. And the plan that they have for them, which I think is really smart, he'll have the elbow surgery. He'll be eligible to play next season in 2024, but they'll only have him as a DH. So he'll only hit next year, give that elbow another year of rehabilitation, and then he'll come back and pitch in 2025. I think it's a good plan. It's actually a good idea. It's uncharted territory. We've never seen a player of this caliber or this good play at both positions and have an injury. So the way they're doing it actually works. He still has value as a hitter. He could have hit 50 home runs this year and been an American League MVP if the team was better. And he could have been a Cy Young winner as well because he can pitch. So I think this approach is good. It keeps him playing, keeps him um, in shape keeps his name out there and keeps him active. And then obviously he's going to make upwards of $600 million when he goes on the market for his contract. So any way they can keep his arm intact by holding out from pitching in 2024 to making him pitch in 2025 or having him come back to pitch in 2025, rather, I think it's a good thing. So get well soon, Shohei Otani, one of the best players in baseball. Look forward to seeing you come back next season, hopefully on a better team where you can make the playoffs and actually compete in October. That will be great to see you and Mike Trout. But if you can't do it in L.A., go somewhere where they'll pay you and you can do it there. And lastly, in quick news, the NFL class, Hall of Fame class of 2024 has been revealed. It's actually headlined by two players that I, I liked growing up in Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates. Julius Peppers, if you remember, was a standout defensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers for years. He even played for the Bears for a few years, so that's when I started liking him. And then he went over to the green team up north. Eh, we'll 
we won't talk much about that stint, but he played there too. But he was an outstanding defensive lineman, well-deserved to headline this class of Hall of Famers in 2024 and Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates, one of the best tight ends to ever play, played all of his career pretty much for the San Diego Chargers, played with Phillip Rivers, LaDainian Tomlinson, if you remember the year LaDainian Tomlinson had his MVP year when he led the league in touchdowns and rushing yards. Antonio Gates was the guy on that team as well. Played all his years in the AFC West, one of the best tight ends to do it. So those two will probably be a surefire first ballot Hall of Famers. But there are some other names on this list that are eligible. For all the Chiefs fans out there, Jamal Charles is actually eligible for the Hall of Fame this year as well. Brandon Marshall, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos back in the day. Another former Chicago Bear, probably one of the best wide receivers the Bears had. Played with Jay Culler, Alshon Jeffrey. And then Jordy Nelson, local guy, K-Stater, played for the green team up north as well. Had a stint in Oakland when he played for the Raiders. Super Bowl champ Jordy Nelson. Actually met Jordy Nelson, had a wedding that I went to this summer and met the guy. He looks like a normal dude you would see. Lost all the football weight, but he's a good dude. So congratulations to the nominees. And hopefully they all get in. But my money is definitely on Julius Peppers being the first ballot along with Antonio Gates. So that's what we got for quick news. Now, before we get into the show, if you guys watched the NFL this past weekend, you might have noticed something in the last two weeks, I should say. J.K. Dobbins tears his Achilles for the Baltimore Ravens. Nick Chubb had probably one of the most gruesome knee injuries on Monday night since Willis McGahee in Miami at the U. Then we had Saquon Bar Barkley with his ankle. He's out. They just ruled him out for Thursday against the 49ers. And Austin Eckler rolled his ankle for the Chargers. What do all those players have in common? They're all running backs. They're all very instrumental to their team's success. Which if you watched the show last season, you heard and we talked about the X-Factor Sports Podcast saving the running back. Well, I'm back to throw the cape on and explain to you guys exactly why these guys deserve their money. This is why the running back is so adamant about getting paid. It's not about greed. The running back is not greedy. They understand the business. More importantly, they understand the shelf life of the running back position. Okay? So let's look at this from two levels. Number one, they understand the shelf life. They are touching the ball other than the quarterback, they touch the ball more than anybody else in the center, obviously. But as far as skill positions that do things on the offensive end to move chains, the running back touches the ball more than anybody else on the field. Okay? Their rookie contract is probably when you're going to get the best out of the running back position because they're young. They don't have as many NFL carries before their first three years, but they can't get paid as much because they're on rookie deals. This is why when that contract is up, they're looking to get paid because they know they might not make it to that third contract. It's just the nature of the beast. They signed up for it, yes. They played football their entire life, yes. But they they played football at a high level 
to get to this point in their career because they know that they need to make as much money as possible before the age of 30 because things like this happen. J.K. Dobbins is 25, maybe. He's already had an ACL and an Achilles tear. This is the reason why they're trying to get paid because they know it's almost inevitable that they get hurt. Barry Sanders, I'll use it as, as an example. Barry Sanders, running back for the Detroit Lions, played from 89 to 99, 10, 11 seasons. He just got his statue up in Detroit. Everybody wondered, why did he leave so early? Why did he leave? He was 30 years old and left at the top of his game because of all the punishment he was taking playing that position. And he played back in yesteryear when the NFL let you actually hit the Steve Atwaters, the John Lynch's of the world, like those guys were hitting them. Back when you had Bill Romanowski's, like those were the guys he was playing against back in those days. And he wasn't even getting paid as much as these guys are getting paid today. But again, he understood, I have a certain amount of time to make my impact on the NFL and to make my money. And that's all these running backs are asking for. They understand it's the business but they also don't want to feel like they're being taken advantage of. We're going to give running backs all these carries, use them up, and then spit them out. If you guys remember DeMarco Murray, another example, DeMarco Murray played for the Dallas Cowboys back when Tony Romo was a quarterback. So right before Dak got there, DeMarco Murray ran the ball. He probably had over 330 carries one season. Can't remember the year, but he ran the ball over 300 sometimes. He wanted his money. Dallas wouldn't pay him. They end up trading him to the Tennessee Titans. This is before Derrick Henry got there. End up trading him to Tennessee. And he runs for them, but then he gets hurt. And then he retires from Tennessee. Because he wanted, he wanted his money when he was in Dallas. It's the same thing that these running backs want today. This is why Saquon Barkley was willing to sit. He didn't want to take the franchise tag. He wants to get paid the maximum amount of dollars because he understands the shelf life and he understands he could get hurt at any moment. What happened to Nick Chubb, unfortunately, could happen to any running back at any moment. And if you are not secured the bag, you're going to miss out. Now, on the other side of that, the running back is essential. These particular running backs, this is why I kind of touched on those four Saquon, J.K. Dobbins, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb. The reason I touched on them is because they are very vital to their team's success. If you take Saquon Barkley off of the Giants, how many games did they win last year? They went to the playoffs. Yes, Daniel Jones had a good year. It was cute, whatever. But how how many wins would they have won, how, would have had without Saquon? Saquon probably single-handedly won six of those games that they made the playoffs in. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's one of the best running backs in football. The Browns didn't make the playoffs, but the Browns aren't relevant if it ain't for Chubb. Especially with Deshaun Watson getting his feet under him, all the quarterback changes. He's the only constant on offense. Everything ran through Chubb for the Browns. This is why they re-signed Kareem Hunt. They let Kareem Hunt go because Nick Chubb was there and healthy. And now that Chubb's out, the Browns have just re-signed Kareem Hunt and brought him back because they understand how important that position is to their success as a franchise. The same thing with the Chargers. 
Yes, they have Justin Herbert. Yes, Justin Herbert is great, but they can't win ball games. They got leads. A team that has a great offensive quarterback that can move the ball down the field, but a suspect defense needs a running game. And here's why. When you get a lead, you get 30 points, you get up in the game, you need to manage the clock. You need time of possession. How do you manage time of possession? With a good running back that can move the chains and, and run down the clock. And that's what Austin Eckler can do for the Chargers. Same with J.K. Dobbins. Their whole offense is predicated on running. And the only way to protect Lamar Jackson from running the ball is having a good running back as well that he can turn around and hand the ball off to, i.e. J.K. Dobbins. So that's why I wanted to touch on those four running backs specifically. This is why they want their money. These four quarterback uh, running backs in particular want their money because of how vital they are to their team's success, number one, and two, because of the shelf life. They know that they're not going to be able to play long and an injury can happen like that. So pay these guys. They earned it. They're vital to the team's success. They deserve to have a future after football financially. All they sacrifice for their teams, teams can pay for them as well. Don't make the football business as cold, colder than it already is. All right, when we return, we will get into the X Factor Sports Podcast. We're going to talk Major League Baseball. I look like a prophet based on where the foot, where the MLB season is going. So y'all don't want to miss it. When we come back, we're going to talk about teams that are on the cusp of winning their divisions and starting this playoff push. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. We are just getting started. We'll be right back. love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Be sure to like, share, subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and now we're on X, formerly known as Twitter. Make sure y'all log in, tap in every Wednesday. You can also catch the audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. So check us out. We are here every Wednesday, all the sports, all the talk, everything you need right here, unbiased. Check us out. All right, let's get into Major League Baseball. So we got a playoff race coming. We're under 10 games, we're about eight games left in the regular season before the playoffs start. October's coming. Leaves falling off the trees, so you know what that means. Baseball season is coming to a close, unless you have a team like mine who's trying to lose 100 games. <laughs> All right. But the teams that are playing. So in the American League, if you watch the season finale of the X Factor Sports Podcast, season one, episode 12, I talked about after All-Star break, which teams will make a push and who I think will win their division in 
um, the American League and in the National League. Here we are today, season two, episode four, and I look like a prophet. I got one wrong though, but I'll get into it. So in the American League, in the East, the Baltimore Orioles held on. Looks like they are going to win the AL East for the first time in a long time. They look really good. It'll be interesting to see how they perform in the playoffs because this iteration of the Orioles haven't had any success. So it'll be interesting to see how they look in the playoffs. Tampa Bay Rays are right on their heels, but I think the uh, Orioles will actually win that division. So they might see them in the ALCS. So it'll be interesting to see that. In the AL Central, Minnesota Twins held on. I think the magic number is like two at this point. They'll go ahead and get that done this week, win the AL Central. They don't really have anybody else to worry about in that division. So they'll make the playoffs as well. Congratulations to them. And then in the American League West, this is the one I was very excited about because in the season finale last season, I talked about at the time, the Texas Rangers were actually in the lead. And this was right when the Houston Astros made that move and got Justin Verlander back to pitch, got him back in the bullpen. And sure enough, the Houston Astros are now in the lead for that division. Like I said, under eight games to go. And they are in first place. So I think they will take the American League West and leapfrog the Texas Rangers. In the National League, this team has been a class of Major League Baseball over the last couple of years. They already have a World Series title. I think they're on pace to win another one. The Atlanta Braves. Braves have been the best team in baseball all year long. They got players breaking records. Ronald Acuna Jr. is there. Like they just look great. I don't see them losing in the playoffs. I got them, barring any injuries, I got the Braves winning the World Series. I believe that they have a they will have a contender in the national in the American League, and we'll get into that once we dive into the playoffs. Once the playoffs start, but I think the Braves are the clear cut favorite to win it all this year. In the National League Central, I actually had this wrong. I was riding the wave of the Cincinnati Reds. They looked like a fun team. I with Ellie De La Cruz. They looked like they had something going. They could get a wild card spot. Eight games left, they're back six games of winning the division. So I think the Milwaukee Brewers, who are in first place, have maintained staying in first place. They're actually going to win the division. So I believe the Brewers, congrats to the Brewers. They'll get that one. The Cincinnati Reds have a chance to make the playoffs a slim outside chance. They're kind of neck and neck with the Cubs. We'll see which team slides into, no pun intended, into the National League playoffs. Then the LA Dodgers, they've been the class of the National League West just as long as the Braves have been the class of the NL East. The Dodgers are about to win back-to-back -back National League West titles for the first time since, two, uh, since 2020 when they won the World Series during that COVID year. So they're back. I don't know what Kershaw looks like. Mookie Betts is probably a candidate to win the National League MVP again. So congrats to them. But those are the teams. I had them winning their division before or right after the All-Star break. Got all of them right except the Brewers and the Reds. 
But the Braves, again, are the class of this league, the class of their of the MLB. They just look great. So I'm looking forward to watching them go back to a World Series. Maybe go to a game next season again because the stadium was great to go and watch them play. Get better seats, not sit in the sun the whole damn time. And might even be an Astros World Series against the Braves. You know, kind of a rubber match. Braves won it two years ago. Astros won it last year. Maybe we'll see who's the best team of the last few years in Major League Baseball. We'll see. So when we come back, we're going to get into your favorite segment of the show. We got Bet That. We're coming back. We got some college football we're going to get into. Our first five-leg parlay on college football this season. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. This is the X-Factor Sports Podcast. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast, live on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and now X, formerly known as Twitter. We are live all over. Be sure to check us out, subscribe, like, share. Let everybody know the X-Factor Sports Podcast is on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Eastern time, all right? Check me out. If you are driving, if you work and you can't look, you can't watch the show. You can always catch the audio on any of the audio streams, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, everything. So check me out, man. Got some good sports. We got a great season. Season two, episode four. We are back. We are going to get into your favorite segment, and it is the bet that segment of the show. Yes. We got a five-leg parlay, college football. It's our first iteration of college football betting. So be sure to, wherever you go to bet, go ahead and log in. We're not bookies here. I'm just giving you an idea of what I think these games are going to do, how they go, and I place these bets as well. So check me out. The five-leg parlay we got. So Rutgers goes to Michigan, number two Michigan on Saturday. 
And the over-under is 44 and a half. I'm going to go ahead and take the over on this game. Michigan and Rutgers, they both average over 30 points a game. I feel like they can each get 23 points to get the over. Michigan might dominate them. Rutgers is, it could be fool's gold. They're both 3-0. This is going to be Rutgers' first test of a great team. Going to the big house on Saturday, uh, they're going to have to show if they are ready for Big Ten play. I think Michigan is the best team in the Big Ten this year. I think big, I think that Michigan will win the Big Ten. Between them and Penn State, I'm going to lean towards Michigan to win it. And I think in this game, they're going to put up a lot of points. So I'm going to take the over 44 and a half for this game. First true test for both teams. Michigan playing an undefeated team in conference play. Rutgers playing a real team, and they're in their first conference game of the season. I'm going to take the over on that. Next game, finally, Colorado is playing at a decent hour. I can stay awake and watch them play. Watched the game last week, and by the fourth quarter, I saw them down. I'm like, man, look like Dion them going to lose the game. Fell asleep. Woke up in the middle of the night, and they won in overtime. It was one in the, one in the morning, and they – and that game was still going on, and they actually came back and won. So, real exciting game. I'm looking forward to watching this one. We got number 19, Colorado, going to number 10, Oregon. And the spread is actually Oregon are 21-point favorites. I get it. Oregon's at home. Travis Hunter's out for Colorado. Great two-way player. Probably will be an All-American this year. I get it. But, damn, three touchdowns? I don't think Colorado's going to lose by three touchdowns. They could lose the game, but three touchdowns a lot, especially for a team that averages 38 points a game. So you're telling me, or Vegas is telling us, that they can get their 38, but Oregon's about to get damn near 60 points? I don't see that happen. So for me, I'm saying that Colorado's going to cover the spread. That's why I got Colorado at, at plus 21. They put up a bunch of points. They can score in bunches. Nobody on the offensive side is is hurt. Shador is going to have something to prove in their first, I won't even say their first true road test because their first game was against TCU and TCU were the, were the national run-ups last year. Yes, they didn't bring everybody back. Max Duggins went to the league. It's still a good game and a good test for a new team that won one game last year. So that being said, Oregon is good as well. Bo Nix is another NFL quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see him and Shador duel it out. But I'm taking, I guess I got confidence in Colorado to not get beat by 21 points by three touchdowns. Sounds crazy. So I'm going to take Colorado to cover. All right. It could be a trap. Vegas may be trapping us thinking that because Travis Hunter is out, that they may get beat by a lot. Their defensive line needs work. They're thin up front, but this will be a true test against another Power 5 opponent. We'll see what they do. But I'm taking Colorado to cover. All right. Next, we got number 22, UCLA, against number 11, Utah. Now, this spread, actually, I'm taking UCLA with the money line. I'm going to take UCLA straight up to actually upset Utah in Utah Saturday. Now, Utah had to escape all three games they won this year. They didn't play very good against Baylor. They, The games just looked sloppy. Yes, they came out and won the games. 
I think UCLA is their first true test. Chip Kelly has got these boys playing. They put up 40 points a game. I can see UCLA upsetting Utah at home, and that's why I'm picking UCLA with the money line on this parlay. Okay? I think he has, I think Chip Kelly has something for that defense that Utah hasn't seen yet. And it's going to be hard for them to try to escape. So give me UCLA. Could be a close game. That's why I can't go with a spread or an over-under. But I believe that offense will win the day. And I got UCLA beating Utah in Utah. Then we got Ole Miss. Number 15, Ole Miss going against Bama. Bama dropped out of the top 10 for the first time in, hell, I don't know, since Nick Saban been there, probably. <laughs> first time in a long time. Alabama's number 13. We got over under at 56 and a half. I'm going to take the under. If you've been watching Alabama play football this year, it looks like it looks like Big Ten football from the 90s. Like 13 points is good. 13 points can win you a game. That's the way Alabama's been looking. So not going to take a winner in this game. The over under is at 56 and a half. I don't see either one of these teams scoring 30 points. In order to get up to 56, somebody's got to get 30 points, and I don't see it. Bad offenses, good defenses. So I'm going the under at 56 and a half on this one. Can't see either team scoring much. Then the last leg of the parlay, we got number six, Ohio State, going to Notre Dame, number nine. This might be the game of the day, actually, later on Saturday night. I'm taking Notre Dame straight up for an upset. So yes, I have two upset money lines in this parlay. I think Notre Dame gets the job done. I like their quarterback. Sam Hartman's been balling. He's probably got Heisman Trophy consideration. And after this game on Saturday, if they win and he does it in style and plays a clean game, he might be a Heisman front runner, depending on what Caleb Williams does. Caleb Williams can roll out of bed, pass gas. The Heisman committee is still going to make him the front runner. So and, and rightfully so. He won the Heisman last year, and he came back, and he's playing even better. Rightfully so. But Sam Hartman might have something to say if he makes a statement at home against Ohio State on Saturday night. It's a huge game. I think Ohio State finally gets tested. Yes, their offense looks good. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a monster on the receiving end. That defense will get tested with Sam Hartman, though, and this will be a game of receivers. I mean, if you want to go a prop bet and go look at receiving yards, I would do that as well. These receivers are going to go crazy on both sides. But I'm taking Notre Dame in a close game at home. Could be high scoring, but I think this will be one of those. Whoever is the last team to have the ball wins the game. I think Notre Dame wins it at home. So I'm going to take the Irish upsetting Ohio State. So in our five-leg parlay, let's go ahead and close it out. We got the over-under Michigan and Rutgers. We take the over at 44.5. Colorado at Oregon. I'm going to take Colorado to cover. They don't get beat by three touchdowns. UCLA at Utah with the upset. I'm taking the money line with UCLA. Then we got Ole Miss going to Bama. Over-under is going to be a nasty old-school SEC game. I'm taking the under on 56.5. I don't believe either of those teams can score 30 points. That's why I'm thinking that. Last, we got Ohio State getting upset by Notre Dame at Notre Dame on the money line. Game of the night on Saturday. Be sure to remember, go to any of your sites that you log in, place your bets. 
I'm placing this bet. As soon as I get over to the other side, I can place my bets. I'm definitely doing this parlay. Looking forward to it. Every week we will have parlays, five legs for bet that. Next week we'll probably jump back into the NFL. We may mix and match. We may throw some Major League Baseball in there with the playoffs coming up. Just got to come and tune in to the show to see on episode five next week. When we come back to the X Factor Sports Podcast, we are going to get into our X Factors from week three of the NFL season. You don't want to miss who I think is going to have a monster game next week or this upcoming weekend for the NFL. This is Jay Mondain, the X Factor Sports Podcast. We will be right back. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast. We are going to get into our week three X-Factors for the NFL week. All right, so starting tomorrow, Thursday night football, of course, Giants at San Francisco, no Saquon Barkley. I don't think this is going to be a great game for the Giants. This might be a massacre, might be a bloodbath. We'll see what happens. But the player that I think will have the biggest day is going to be Christian McCaffrey. Dual threat can receive and run. I think he's going to run all over the field, get whatever he wants from the Giants. I anticipate the 49ers having a big lead. That's why I think Christian McCaffrey will be able to run the ball and time of possession. Again, another one of those quarterbacks that are vital to their team's success. So I'm taking Christian McCaffrey as the X factor in the Thursday night game, all-purpose player. I see him rushing for at least two touchdowns in the Thursday night game tomorrow. For the early game on Sunday, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars game. I'm going to go with an unsung hero, Nico Collins, wide receiver for the Houston Texans. He's had a big game or he's had a big season so far, two games in. He's got 13 receptions in two games, over 300 yards. Looks like he's doing really well for his rookie quarterback. And with rookie quarterbacks, when they find a receiver, a weapon that they can go to, that they trust, they tend to lean on those guys, third down, move the chains, possession receivers. I think Nico Collins has a big game against Jacksonville. Their DBs aren't the best. I can see Jaguars having the lead because they're the better team and the Texans having to fight back and throw the ball, push the ball down the field to stay in the game. I see six catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown for Nico Collins. 
as the X factor for the early game. In the late game, and I'll actually be at this game, the Chicago Bears against the Kansas City Chiefs. We will see what the Bears have. We will see what they're made of. Kind of a tailspin this week with Justin Fields having some sound bites, talking about it could be the coaching, it could be him. Whatever's going on, he needs to play better overall. And then also, defensive coordinator just resigned today. He had some health issues, so he missed the first couple weeks anyway. Decided to step down. So Matt Eberflus, the head coach of the Bears, will be calling the defensive plays going forward until further notice. Bears come to Kansas City for week three. That's the late game. But my X factor for that game is actually going to be Chris Jones. Defensive end for for the Chiefs. Chris Jones can wreck a game at any moment. Our offensive line for the Bears is soft. They didn't look good these last couple games. They give up a bunch of sacks. Hopefully they play more improved football for my sake. (laughs) But if I'm being totally subjective, Chris Jones is going to be the best defensive player on the field in this game. I think he's going to wreck the game. And now that he's got a game under his belt, a little more conditioning, I think he'll be focused in on third down, the money downs, getting the Chiefs off the field. I can see him getting one and a half sacks and probably a pass deflection on Sunday in that late game. Go with Chris Jones. For the Monday night game, it's actually a double header, but we're going to go with the Philly and Tampa Bay game. And the X factor for that game, I think, is going to be wide receiver A.J. Brown. If you watched the game last week, the Tampa Bay game last week, they are susceptible for a good wide receiver to get them. I watched the Bears game last week, obviously, because I'm a Bears fan. I watched that game. Our quarterback play wasn't the best, but DJ Moore was still able to get some good looks and get to the get a lot of receptions and get yards. And if you got a quarterback that can push the ball down the field, I can see somebody getting down the field on Tampa Bay. Yes, they have a good linebackers and they got a good D-line, but those cornerbacks can get got. And that's what I think Philly will try to do. I think they're going to push the ball down the field against Tampa Bay. And I see A.J. Brown having a good game. Nine receptions, 93 yards, and a touchdown. That's a good night for fantasy users. If you're in a PPR, that gives you, what, 24.3 points. With A.J. Brown, I'd say that's a good day. Anytime a wide receiver gets over 20 points in football game, they had a good day. So A.J. Brown, I think, will be the X factor for the Monday night game. So who do we have as our X factors for week three? We got Christian McCaffrey tomorrow night. We got Nico Collins in the early game. We got Chris Jones in the late Sunday game. And then we got topping it off on Monday night, A.J. Brown for the Philadelphia Eagles. Be sure to check if you got these guys on your fantasy football team, you probably want to put them in. I think they're going to do good. I think they're going to show out. Those are my X factors for week three. And that's who I think will ball out this week. Go ahead and check those games out. When we return, we will get into the two-minute warning. I know this show has been fun. It's gone by really quick. I've been having a great time. But we always end it with a good two-minute warning you don't want to miss. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. Season 2 of the X Factor Sports Podcast is here. Be sure to tune in live every Wednesday night on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok for real unbiased sports talk. 
Jay Mondane is bringing a fresh new point of view on the sports world. You don't want to miss out. Subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Audio available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. The X Factor Sports Podcast. Real talk for real sports fans. Yo, yo. Welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Season 2, Episode 4. Before we get out of here, we got to get into that two-minute warning. To segue off of, or to piggyback rather, off the running backs, watching these games this last weekend had me thinking about opportunity. Are you ready for the opportunity? With the running backs that are that have went down, obviously the backups have to step in and be ready to play, be ready to help their team win games. So it had me thinking about opportunity. Are you ready for your opportunity when it comes? And I always think like this. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready, right? If you're prepared for your opportunity, if you already have something in your mindset that you want to do and you prepare for it, preparation eliminates fear, you'll always be ready when the opportunity comes. When opportunity knocks, are you ready to answer the door or are you still cleaning up the mess off the floor? right? Think about it like that. If you take anything from sports or anything from and compare it or parallel it to life is the opportunity. You never know when your opportunity will come. So always be ready for it when it is there, when it arrives. You never know when somebody's going to knock on your door. You never know when that phone's going to ring. You never know when your boss is going to have you do an assignment. You never know when there's an emergency. So Always stay ready. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. When opportunity knocks, be ready to answer the door. Make sure the floor is clean. Make sure it ain't messy. Make sure you're ready to answer that door with confidence and get the job done. I appreciate you guys for tuning in tonight. This is Jay Mondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast. Be sure to like, share, subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. And now we are on Twitter, X, formerly known as Twitter. Of course, we had to get on there. It was made for us. And then check out the audio on all the audio spots. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. Go ahead and check us out. We appreciate you guys. Next week, you don't want to miss. We'll be right back with it. We got the WNBA Finals predictions. We got the Major League Baseball playoff picture. And we got more football I'm going to do next week. My NCAA power rankings you don't want to miss that my top 10 ncaa football teams not the polls not the ap poll or the coaches poll the x factor sports podcast will do their own ncaa football power rankings next week this is the x factor sports podcast signing out peace